Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Joshua 1949. Excellent year, as the Grinch would say. When they had finished distributing the land into its territories, the Israelites gave Joshua, son of Nun, an inheritance among them. By the Lord's command, they gave him the city of Timnath-Serah in the hill country of Ephraim, which he requested. He rebuilt the city and lived in it. These were the portions that the priest Eleazar, Joshua, son of Nun, and the family heads distributed to the Israelites by lot at Shiloh in the Lord's presence at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So they finished dividing up the land. All right, let me start by explaining why we just took a big leap, because yesterday's devotion was in Joshua chapter 15. Now we're in uh, Joshua chapter 19. Jesse, why did you just skip all that passage, uh, all those passages about land allocation? Do you not think that they're the inspired word of God? I knew you were a heretic and you were going to go liberal at some point. I'm writing a letter of complaint right now. Hold on a second there, Myrtle. We're going to come back to that very next verse, starting with Monday's devotion. But tomorrow's sermon begins in chapter 20, and I want to get a running start into it. This is the long-awaited completion of the process. Okay, so we did just have a few bites of tiramisu before we had finished eating our steak. Yes, this is a massive, massive land distribution campaign done by God. So this is cast by by lot, right? Now, what what is what is that about? Why does the why does the text say that they would they would cast these by lot? Anybody who was with us in our series in the book of Esther knows that all dice are God's dice. Okay, we stopped determining God's exact will by the casting of lots with the appointing of Matthias to replace Judas as the twelfth apostle. Thereafter, the Holy Spirit came down, giving us discernment. We have the complete word of God. We no longer determine God's will this way. But this is the Old Testament. And like we saw in the book of Esther, all dice are God's dice. They're all his. They all belong to him. Or is it all die? Is that is it is it the plural of dice, die? I don't know. Maybe if you're one of my gamer friends, you can you can fill me in. Uh, this city uh, still exists today, uh, according to this, the CSB Study Bible. I just saw the name a second ago. Uh, it's known as uh, Kerbet Tibna. Right? So if you've been to the Middle East, if you've been to Israel, if you've been to Kerbet Tibna, then that's, that, was, that was Joshua's master-planned community. That was for him. And uh, everybody gets their land. But what I love about this is Joshua gets his land after... They had finished distributing the land and its territories. Uh, so we saw in our curriculum this week, uh, by the way, if you're not sure how to, how to access all of that stuff, here's kind of a glimpse as to how you might do that. Uh, go to uh, redemptionwashington.com, right? And you can scroll down. If you remember the Redemption Church, this is how you access this stuff. There's current series and you click on this button right here, group member study guides, and then boom, here's our curriculum for this week. Well, in this study guide that I hope that you enjoy in deep fellowship with your small group, uh, we see the story of Caleb and how Caleb is bold as can be 
He's like, as you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years as he promised since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying the wilderness. Here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and daily tasks is now as it was then. Now give me this hill country the Lord promised me on that day because you heard then that the Anakim are there as well as the large fortified cities. Now he sounds really, really bold, right? And then the word perhaps is the next word that he says. That's important because he is in fact humble and he's not pretending to be a prophet here. He's saying, perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord promised. Now, turns out, yep, absolutely. That is, that is what would happen. And indeed, Caleb would drive them out. Caleb was the first to receive his land. And according to, according to the text, Joshua was the last. He waited until everybody else had received their portion before he received his. At last, the land is divided up. Guess who's not here for any of it? The complainers. The complainers. Numbers 14, 1 through 4, the whole community broke into loud cries and the people wept that night. All the Israelites complained about Moses and Aaron and the whole community uh, told them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to die by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's appoint a leader and go back to Egypt. It's treasonous against God who had displayed like epic miracles right in front of their faces over and over again. Skipping down later into this, this chapter of Numbers, verse 26 of, of chapter 14, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, how long must I endure this evil community that keeps complaining about me? I have heard the Israelites' complaints that they make against me. Tell them, as I live, this is the Lord's declaration. I will do to you exactly as I heard you say. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness. All of you who were registered in the census, the entire number of you, 20 years old or more, because you have complained about me. I swear, this is God speaking, I swear that none of you will enter the land I promised to settle you in except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. I will bring your children, whom you said would become plunder, into the land you rejected, and they will enjoy it. But as for you, your corpses will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and bear the penalty for your acts of unfaithfulness until all your corpses lie scattered in the wilderness. You will bear the consequences of your iniquities 40 years based on the number of the 40 days that you scouted the land, a year for each day. You will know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. I swear that I will do this to the entire evil community that has conspired against me. They will come to an end in the wilderness, and there they will die. So the men Moses sent to scout out the land who returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by spreading a negative report about the land. Those men who spread the negative report about the land were struck down by the Lord. Only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, remained alive of those men who went to scout out the land. Watch out. God means what he says. And there are things that God hates. I say this according to the word of God. We, we never talk about the hatred of God, do we? Here's Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. What the Lord hates. The Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Arrogant eyes, 
a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil. And look at this. This is what's relevant to the text we're looking at from Joshua and its predecessor in Numbers. A lying witness who gives false testimony. Okay, so the scouts who catastrophized how big the, the Anakites were, conveying them to the Nephilim, talking about how they couldn't, they, they weren't able to take the land. They were the ones who sent everybody into this, this uproar against Moses and Aaron. And one who stirs up trouble among brothers. I think the King James renders this, who sows division among the brethren. God hates this. I mean, you see, you see how clear Proverbs 6, uh, 6, 16 through 19 is, and you see how severe God's language is in his words to the people of Israel in Numbers 14, because they complained against him. They had borne witness to the miracles of the Exodus, and now they're complaining against him, and God is fed up. And numerous times he says, you're not going to enter the promised land until your corpses scatter the wilderness. And then your kids, everyone who is uh, 20 years old and younger, they're the ones who are going to get to go in there. But he magnifies the proportion from their sin to their punishment by 365 times over because the scouts were in the land for 40 days. And that means that a year for every day the scouts were in the land, they would be in the wilderness. This includes Joshua and Caleb, by the way. It's not like Joshua and Caleb got to go to the promised land right away. They were under this corporate punishment as well, but what they would be delivered from is the death in the wilderness. They would instead actually take the promised land. And that brings us back to today's text where all of this, all of this comes at last to fruition. Joshua receives... Uh, his inheritance, Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim, which he had requested. That's exactly what he, he wanted. He rebuilt the city and he lived in it. Look at how much better it is for the guy who didn't complain. Look at how much better it is for the guy who wasn't overcome with fear. Look at how much better it is for the guy who didn't bear false witness and give a false report and then divide the people of God. Look at how much better it works out for Joshua than it did for the other spies. So we've hit home the fact that God is good to Caleb and God is good to Joshua, but I want to leave us with something a little bit bleak because I think it's important. Look at how God feels about those who bear false witness, those who scheme, those who plot, those who sow seeds of division among God's people. He hates it. God hates church gossip. He hates, he hates complainers. Look at this. So then Moses went and scout out uh, those. So the men who uh, Moses sent to scout out the land and he returned and incited the entire community to complain about him by spreading a negative report about the land. Those men who spread the negative report about the land were struck down by the Lord. I've seen God do this. Watch out, man. God means this. Remember this. God hates a lying witness who gives false testimony and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. He hates it. These are Old Testament passages and we live in the New Testament, but God's hatred for these things hasn't gone away. It's not as if the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and his ascension 
to the right hand of the Father has somehow justified slander and sowing seeds of division and bearing false witness. Watch out. You can see how great it is for Caleb and Joshua, but I want to remind us how bleak it was for the complainers who bore false witness. Heads up. God means this. God takes it seriously. Okay, Jesse, are you going to leave us on a really positive note that lifts us up? Nope. Stop complaining or you might die. See you tomorrow.